Welcome to uh, Tech Plus right here on E-Radio. It's always uh, good to be with you. And uh, Kane, welcome uh, back to the studio. Thanks so much, Ian. Great to be back. I mean, January is really kicking off with tech. Eh? I mean, people are not waiting around for middle of the year. They're just kind of diving straight into the into the biggest and baddest advancements that they can make as soon as possible. You know, try and capture the year on a good start. Did you know January is so long you can use it for three months bank statement? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that joke somewhere the other day. It, it feels like right because we spend all our money in December and then January is just really slow. Yo, yeah, hey? no, you spend your money in December. Yeah. I, I woke up in Jan crawling not running <laughs> yeah. and then also if you're on our uh, Facebook page right now you'll uh, see Kane wearing uh, his brand new uh, shirt uh, his brand new e-radio shirt yeah, Kane it looks nice awesome. eh? no they're awesome they're, I really like them especially that they're like you know black with the white logo black, that's it striking yeah look at you man you look good in it <laughs> I just posted the photo on our uh, Facebook page I will put it on my Insta Yes, but you must wear it every week when you come, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. No, we have to. We're also going to put some video together, probably, of while yes. we're in the studio. And then the signage is also very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, we just amazing. posted. That guy on the uh, on the design, I gave him a name. His name is Joseph. Joseph? Yes. <laughs> so he's going to... Or you can call him Josie, if you like. The e-radio mascot. <laughs> <laughs> no! Aqua is our e-radio mascot. Oh, yeah. No, he's just... <laughs> he's just a dude. Josie. What's his name? <laughs> Joseph. Jose, Joseph from Josie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's so nice and uh, very, very pleased. Big thanks and massive shout out to uh, Media Hype 3D. We posted their details on our Facebook page as well right now if you want to go and check out. They do amazing corporate branding, graphic design, signage needs. We also got stickers. Ken's going to pimp his car with our stickers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think the next thing we need is probably some cups. Uh, yeah. You know, some coffee cups cups mugs hoodies hats gloves you there know. you go there you go the whole the whole nine yards but they did a proper good job with this the quality is stunning i mean uh, we we just spoke about it and you said you can actually see the guy's paws yeah that's how good the quality and is And i mean it's what two meters almost tall yeah it's quite tall very tall to right? have a high quality photo <laughs> at that at that size exactly you need you need a professional to do exactly it properly, you know so that's really good massive shout out to chanel and uh, the team at uh, media hype 3d we're so pleased very very chuffed indeed we'll share some pictures of it yes so everyone can see yes and now you can see uh, Kane on our Facebook page <laughs> on the eradiosa.com Facebook page see him there with the sign with Joseph Joseph's actually looking at you hey? yeah I know he's like he's wondering what I'm <laughs> yes. why I'm standing like yes. that and then Kane with his t-shirt and look how happy he is yeah no I, I love merch <laughs> I really do do you know what else I love when I hear that Disney Plus is coming to South Africa. I saw that uh, this week and uh, I'm so excited. But uh, I'm wondering how much it's going to cost. Do you know already? Well, I've, I've done a fair amount of research. And obviously, it was Disney Plus. Now, here's the interesting thing. Disney Plus was released in about 11 countries in total. Versus Netflix, which is quite more global. And Netflix has about 280 million subscribers. And Disney Plus has about 111 million subscribers. So this process of launching in South Africa is actually not just for South Africa. It's a process of launching in 42 new countries and territories at the same time in hopes of better competing against Netflix. And I'm personally quite worried for Netflix and we'll get onto some downsides to Netflix at the moment, some turmoil that they're going through at the exact same time that Disney Plus is expanding. But uh, 
I'm very interested to see how that competition weighs out, especially with new 42 new countries, you know, with at least 10 million people per country possibly that can sign up. You know, you're looking at potentially overwhelming um, Netflix's current subscriber count, which is definitely going to affect Disney Plus's stock. Um, just like Netflix's stock was affected now by one of their most recent um, one of their most recent announcements, but this is funny because it's actually one of the worst kept secrets that Disney Plus is launching in South Africa. I think we've covered it a few times that we've mentioned that Disney Plus is coming here to South Africa, and uh, Walt Disney Co has now confirmed it's launching in South Africa this winter, and its streaming offering will launch in the local market. Uh, with those other 42 countries such as um, Turkey, Poland, UAE, you know, United Arab Emirates and some other countries as well. In America, the cost of Disney Plus comes in at about $7.99. So call it $8 a month, which is what? About 150 bucks? Yeah. You know, 140 bucks? That makes bucks, sense, yeah. Somewhere around there or $79 a year, which is about 1,500 bucks, you know, just averaging out, uh, which is not too bad. You know, um, definitely competes with Netflix. I think Netflix just raised their their premium yep, subscription. Yeah, but just went stuff. up, but not the ninety nine package. The one from from up from ninety nine. Yes. So not the the lower ends. They kept it the same. Just the higher. Yeah, ends. just the high end. The one fifty one. And the funny stuff, part yeah. is, I play for the premium of premium Netflix, but I don't have any two K or four K TVs. I don't watch at a higher quality. So why don't you scale down and save money, bro? Yeah, you see, the thing is, that's the problem with me. Saving 30 rand a month is, like, not on my priority list. But 10, okay. 30 rands is a decent amount of yeah, saving. Yeah, if you add so. it up for the whole year, you know. Yeah, yeah. you've got to change your mentality about it. But the move marks uh, the move by marks a big expansion for Disney Plus as it chases bigger rival Netflix for the global market share. Until now, Disney Plus has only been launched in 18 countries, sorry. Um, it has 118 million subscribers as of the 2nd of October, and Netflix had 221 million subscribers as of the 31st of December. And I'll tell you why I'm excited. Obviously, the new Spider-Man has been announced to be released on Disney+. Plus. Okay. But because of other licensing deals, because of Sony and, and Marvel and the whole Shebangski, that's only going to be in 2023. So I don't know what else is on Disney+, Plus. to be honest. I haven't really sought after anything on Disney+. Yeah. Plus, But I'm open to the opportunity of getting some new content because netflix feels like it's drying out it really does whoa okay it is drying out a bit but then ozark came to save it oh yeah have you seen i have the new ozark so it's i haven't seen the new one but i've watched the previous season seasons. four is out right now part one seven episodes we're waiting for the other seven to drop that's the final seven for you are number seven no number, you? i watched number five last night oh really late last night is it good yeah <laughs> You you know I I've uh, it is so good I actually want to join a drug cartel because <laughs> it because it looks so appealing obviously it's not I don't want to live uh, every single day looking over my shoulder but it is such a good show I mean uh, Breaking Bad was exceptional. I was just about to say it gives you the same perspective but as it's Breaking it's Bad. it's getting up there with Breaking Bad uh. we're talking excellent writing the acting my word on Ozark Laura Linney who plays Wendy yeah uh, Ruth. Ruth the is young also, girl yeah. with the with the curly hair, what a show! What and, a show! <laughs> and, and what a twist! And uh, lots of let me just tell you, I'm not going to do any spoilers here in case you're worried, but a lot of main characters are dying. Really, eh? And I think at the end of the whole show, the other seven coming in May apparently. Nice birthday gift for me. <laughs> it looks like nobody's going to be. 
alive after it. <laughs> Everybody's got to go. Cost. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but you know what? I like that, Kane, because they kind of end it, and that's what you should do. You should end while you're on a high. Yeah. Not carry on like Grey's Anatomy for. 30,000 seasons already yeah. and they've recycled the stuff so much that the, the lead actress wants out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah go out with a bang while you're still good yeah. that's leave it leave them End wanting more that's it leave yeah. them wanting more not, and not leave them having had enough yes you know? exactly like with Brooklyn Nine-Nine I felt that I don't know if you've ever watched Brooklyn yep, Nine-Nine yep. but it starts circulating around no. things you didn't start watching it for and yes it and at the out. end it, it becomes like See on the lawn, <laughs> running for 21 years Bold now, almost 22 years on TV. And yes, uh, some of those soapies they they out of storylines. Like the one uh, character I think in Days of Our Lives, Marlena or something. She's possessed now. Her eyes go red and she talks in foreign languages. You see, no. they they're going for supernatural stuff now because they run out. <laughs> they got to get creative. It's gone from like a true life drama to you know, it's supernatural thriller. So yes, like Kane said, go out on a high while you're still good. Talking about troublesome going out on highs. Netflix, obviously, we just spoke about having a bit of trouble. Um, so. Even as Netflix executives sourced to reassure investors in a Thursday video interview that its long-term prospects for streaming media remain bright, uh, with its popular series Bridgerton returning for a second season and a science fiction film um, starring Ryan Reynolds coming soon, which which ultimately, even though those announcements happened, shares still slipped. And I'll tell you how much, which is quite alarming. Uh, By the end of the 45-minute earnings interview, Netflix stock was down more than 20%. Damn. 20%. It's better to just not have done the interview, yeah. in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which has casted a bit of a worrisome, you know, kind of uh, shadow over the entertainment industry. Wall Street analysts and the company's own executives struggled to explain why the world's dominant streaming service forecast modest growth for the first three months of 2022, when many had anticipated a return of predictable pre-pandemic quarterly gains they said it's tough to say exactly why our acquisition hasn't kind of recovered to pre-covid levels said netflix cfo spencer it's probably a bit of just overall covid overhang that's still happening after two years of a global pandemic that we're still unfortunately not fully out of some macroeconomic strain in some parts of the world like latin america in particular and here's why i find it interesting because they talk about pre-covid right or you know, they're, they're, as COVID struck, they actually saw monumental growth mm. because people were forced to stay at home. Exactly. Yeah. More subscribers came on. And what they're saying is they're kind of saying, no, we're not really through the, the COVID pandemic yet. So they're not, you know, that's why they're, they can attribute some of the lack of growth. But in reality, being not fully out of COVID should still be driving more acquisition and more users. But I think it's also a case of individuals at what Netflix are becoming bored. Not just yeah. on Netflix, but actually, you know, this whole stay-at-home thing, scare factor. They Actually, people are thriving to go out yeah. and be more active and actually commit to some sort We're of over gathering. It. We're so over it. We're desensitizing to it, yeah. you know, and it's on a downward trend, especially with, like, the curfew and especially in SA now being lifted and things like that. People aren't necessarily in this fear mode where you're just kind of bunkered at home with your three months worth of food supplies readily ready you know like <laughs> and all your toilet paper yeah you know that's that's kind of a thing of the past no we've had it so it's they over. only project 2.5 million new subscribers in january to march um and now with uh, disney plus doing this big you know growth stint 
it's gonna be it's gonna be neck and neck. We might see some subscription prices drop. Mm. We're definitely gonna see them trying to better one another. You know, try and offer more. And the thing about movie franchises, or at the very least, streaming platforms, is if you're gonna go and say, okay, we have to make a, a, a bang this year. Let's produce a new movie with these people. 1.5 years later, it comes out. Mm. So it's difficult, you know, and you can't just go to a movie shop right and go buy some movies to put on your to put on your streaming service. It has to be entertaining and new and exciting and featuring Tom Cruise and Will Smith and you know all of these big boy actor names. It's it's going to be challenging for them, and I'm really just interested to see how their growth fulfills throughout the rest of the year. Definitely. If you just joined us, hello to you, welcome. We're talking about streaming services, and I just said to Kane before we went to our music break. Oh, DSTV-ish. It's still not looking good for them. At the moment, they're battling with uh, developer issues on their app, their main app. A lot of people, uh, you know, resort to the app because they don't want to watch on TV. So you want to go to bed with your phone or your laptop and watch DSTV now on on there. Yeah. It doesn't help that everything goes black as soon as you open the app. Really? Yep. Is that what the issue is? Yes, or if you change a channel or you open something on catch-up, it just goes black. Like black. But I'm talking, I've got a My Box, you know, a TV box. Yeah. And everybody with a My Box, with a TV box, is saying that, you know, you click on whatever you want to watch, it goes black. There's not even a little circle or anything in, on the screen. And then your whole box freezes. You have to literally hard reset your box. Oh, no. To, to undo what, what the STV has just done to your box. That's the worst thing that can happen. Use the experience as everything. Exactly. So you can't just press back or exit or something. It... Everything goes black and it freezes, like load shedding. <laughs> like load shedding. <laughs> yeah. You see, the problem with that fix is that even, you know, I was speaking to my grand the other day and I said to her, you know, she said, oh, I have an issue with my DSTV. And it was a case of, you know, the, the decoder just wasn't displaying anything. So the, mm. what, what do you do normally if you're tech savvy? Reset everything. That's it. And even explaining her how to do a proper <laughs> full reset. It's, it's not worth having a call center with 50,000 calls no, a day coming no. in asking that question. That's 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 but Kane, it is so bad, this app, uh, this DSTV app thing is so bad that the people are actually posting it on the reviews on their oh. app right now, the new reviews, dropping. and they, their rating is dropping. But everybody is saying, wow, my app literally stopped working on my dongle. Screen turns black. Somebody says, the app was working perfectly before the latest update. And now it glitches and it goes black. And then somebody else says, whenever I try to switch the channel, I get a black screen. The only way is to reset everything. Everybody's experiencing the same problem. So, you know, like you said, it's all about viewing experience. So you open the channel or uh, the show you want to watch and then it goes black and then it turns into this whole inconvenient thing. Let's say you sit down with your dinner and you want to watch something. In the end, you don't want to watch it anymore because you spend so much time now on resetting the thing. Yeah, what? What's the point totally in it? Not worth it? That's not how it's supposed to be. So, DSTV, you need to pull up your socks because you've got massive competition and you don't have, you're not in a position to have problems like this no. right now. And being speculative about it, you know, in my own opinion, I think this is a, and especially when you're working with developers, problems like this usually come from lack of testing, exactly. which is actually derived from high pressure work environments, either understaffed yeah. mm. or 
the expectations are too high yeah. and the pressure is building. So developers crumble under the mounting pressure. And compatibility, I suppose, as exactly, well. Exactly, eh? exactly. Mm-hmm. So developers crumble. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, I can imagine inside the DSTV boardroom, there's pressure. Yeah, there's pressure being right. applied. And who's being being applied to? Because they're... The um, cable satellite streaming service works. You you can access DSTV yeah, that's channels, fine. but they're trying to incept the Netflix industry. Yeah, and that's not. And now the app's not pressure. working. They're putting pressure. And on now the developers. developers are screwing it up. Yeah, I was I was flicking the developers, eh? Yeah. While I was busy with the blacks, was I like, screw you and I'll give them a big slap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they what take it's the like. slack of it, but it's actually shame. Yeah, but you're giving us you're giving us a bit of a more perspective mm. there, and I, I I actually feel sorry and for them. Nothing is more uncomfortable for a developer than having something like this happen where you push an update mm. and you have critical errors and you don't no one comes to you once and says why is this a problem every single time a bad review goes out or a customer service line gets hit and a, and a, and a, a superior officer has to speak to a customer who's getting nailed it's the developers Yeah. so if DSTV is not careful and they don't treat the developers right or they're putting them under too much pressure they could have a scenario where the developers drop out and they're no longer interested in working on the project. And then anymore. who's going to take over the app because they won't know what's rehire. happening? So yeah, that's going to be a and problem. And having the functionality to roll an update back is so important. But there's a solution. What's the solution? I, I found the solution after a lot of reading and stuff and researching. What you can do is update it. There's a new version out. They released it over the weekend. It's called uh, 2.4.5, I think. So the latest one. And then... If that still gives you problems, sign out, sign in again, and then reset your cache. It's in your settings on your box, so you'll reset the app's cache, all the data. Sign in again, try it, it works. It works. It's slow, it buffers. But, it works. but for the text, the not tech savvy individual, that's quite a process. How do you reset? Yeah, bro, go say, how the hell do I reset the cash? Where's the cash? Show me the cash. <laughs> I don't keep any cash. I play with cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll try and get an explanation for you on that. I don't know how to access the cash now. I've, I forgot. You know, with January launching, these kind of things happen, you know, where people are feeling pressure and they're trying to set expectations and close off previous years on good notes. And uh, we see it all the time. And here we see it again with uh, Tesla's Cybertruck. Um, it was scheduled to be released this year. And uh, the Tesla CEO says the Roadster is pu- uh, has been pushed and the Cybertruck has also been pushed until next year. The Tesla Cybertruck and Roadster will be delayed to hopefully next year, the company's CEO Elon Musk said in an earnings call on Wednesday. The announcement confirms earlier reports that the electric pickup truck would miss its earlier production date of late 2022. And the thing is, the reason behind this delay is is not actually as cut and dry as you would think. You know, maybe they were selling a product that they weren't ready to deliver, but that's yeah. not necessarily the case right now. Um, he went on to say that if we were to indru- introduce new vehicles, our total vehicle output would decrease. Uh, we will not be introducing new vehicle models this year to maintain vehicle output. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also, and it also goes on to say that when asked about what else is holding back the Cybertruck besides battery production, Musk said that the pricing and what people are willing to pay for the included tech is the main issue. He says, how do we make the Cybertruck affordable? The Cybertruck originally had a starting price of $39,900 at its unveiling event in 2019. Uh, Musk was also asked about the availability of a $25,000 electric car, which is a price bracket which they're not currently supporting. And he said, we are not currently working on a $25,000 car. 
Uh, Musk has been promising a low-cost Tesla for years, based in part on the company's work to bring down the costs of battery production. He says, at some point we will. We have enough on our plate right now. Yeah. Uh, too much, frankly. Near the end of the call, Musk was asked about how Tesla plans to sell more, car, more cars without affordable option, uh, to which he responded, if the price of our cars do not change at all, we will still sell at that we can make. So... Yeah, there's a little bit of a little bit of development issues there, but it's more in terms of also parts. If you're going to release a new vehicle, it needs to have a sufficient number of spare parts. And to produce a sufficient number of spare parts, they have to take workforce away from the original vehicle output. So to maintain high vehicle output, they've decided to postpone any new vehicle launches this year, probably make time makes to, sense. to produce yeah. the parts and produce the spares mm. and, and make sure that the funnel and the system in place to deliver those spares and parts to relevant distributors across the world where Tesla cars are, are going to be their main priority probably this year on top of producing their vehicles. But I was personally very excited about the Cybertruck. It looks like a Batmobile. It just really yeah. does. You know, like, a, you know, remember it Hot does. Wheels? Yes. If Hot Wheels released a futuristic car, it would probably look like this, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. And we'll see what happens on the Tesla bandwagon this year as, as battery production issues are quite afoot, you know, and chip and chips are also in a shortage. Is there still a chip shortage? There's still a chip shortage. Is it ever going to end? Companies, you see, with any increase in demand, companies do set up businesses and side chains of their business to manufacture their own chips. I think Samsung's doing it, and that could that could play a role in the in the available chips. But it, it's very difficult because modernization of technology, chips are required in almost everything. Mm. Um, and they're going to be required in more things and more things as time goes on. So it's, it's really a time will tell kind of scenario. But do you want to hear something incredibly insane? Of course. So we know about telecoms, Vodacom, MTN, Salsi, and we know how they provide their services. They have infrastructure. They have cell phone towers. They have 5G towers. Mm. They have all of this various infrastructure in order to maintain the network. But the telecom giants have now banded together to fight vandalism after nearly 300 million rand in damages in 2021. 300 million sure. rand in damages. So the theft and vandalism of telecommunications infrastructure in 2021 cost the country's major phone operators an estimate 280 million, according to the new formed Communication Risk Information Center, or COMRIC. The initiative has been established by mobile phone companies in a bid to find collective ways to safeguard the rampant scourge of infrastructure damage. MTN... Vodacom, Telcom, Salsi, and Liquid have all joined the initiative. Um, according to Renal Miller, the Cormac Chief Executive Officer, there has been 15,759 incidents of vandalism of network sites in the past year alone, something that uh, something he attributed to the economic impact of COVID-19. Another contributing factor is believed to be load shedding, which leaves parts of the country in darkness yeah. and more vulnerable to crime. And then the people steal those batteries. They steal and the they batteries. go for, for big, uh, yeah. big bucks on, on yeah. the market. They, yeah. they big, big, advanced yeah. tech. They can power your whole neighborhood. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're stealing cables. They're yeah. stealing metal infrastructure. Yeah. They're stealing batteries. And I thought about it to myself. I was like, you know, there's 365 odd days in a month. Mm. I mean, in a year. And of that, there's been 15,759 incidents. Do you know, can you imagine just trying to handle over 20 incidents a day for a year straight of vandalism and theft and infrastructure damage? And that's why they form these kind of alliances to try and 
you know, distinguish themselves from the problem and, and formulate a solution. I heard it's so bad they actually had to uh, appoint guards from local security companies to man the uh, the base stations. You have to. Absolutely. It's, it's dangerous. That's a lot of money as well. Oh, no, it's huge money. And you'll see how much they're planning to invest, not necessarily into this this initiative, but into their into this year financially how much they're willing to invest. So um, last year, Vodacom, which is the country's largest cellular network, said it planned to invest over 10 billion rand in its local network infrastructure as the future of communication moves towards data-driven services. As, as well, MTN, which also has a larger foot on the African continent and as a whole, said in March last year it earmarked 29.1 billion for its network fintech and digital service platforms for the year. Sure. I mean, they're putting money it's in. Big money. It's eh? not a little bit of money. Mm-mm. And I mean, 300 million in, in, in light of that is, is, is not that much um, yeah. in terms of damage. But realistically, it's only going to get worse if left untreated. People are going to understand this as a as a form of revenue for themselves, especially the the, the mali- malicious intenders and mm. the criminals and the guys that do this know that if they break the infrastructure or they steal from the infrastructure, the infrastructure will be repaired and they can then go and steal it again. So it is a very important thing to to embark on. Mm. Ken, what have you got for us after the music break? I have something uh, very very interesting. So VW and Bosch team up to make driverless cars. Um, oh, some more driverless cars. <laughs> yeah. Eh? Oh, oh, this is getting scary. This is where it's going to get interesting. This is in South Africa. And Microsoft's $22 billion army goggles still aren't combat ready. And we'll talk about when they started that and how it's going and what it's for. We're Wanna, on. Can I ask you a question? Ask me. When last did you check your spam folder? Yo, I think... I'm, I'm, I think I'm the type of guy who goes occasionally to his spam folder and just deletes everything without even looking. Okay, you so know? you don't read it? No. Okay. So that's a problem because you could be a lotto winner. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What happened? So this lady, a 55-year-old lady from Michigan in America, she, in the United States, she, um, she uh, checked her mail. She was looking for uh, a specific email which she couldn't find. So she went into a junk mail or spam folder and then she found the email but she also found something else. What she found an email saying she won five million dollars on the lotto in the lotto yes which she entered the, a week or two before that and they sent that via email yeah it, it doesn't it work like that here in south africa but anyway it went uh, into spam but i think you know with reason because uh, i mean look at all the stuff we get every day yeah like somebody's writing hello i'm your distant cousin and uh, you won you know you 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 got some money from your Distant, yeah, five times removed, flipping great uncle. Yeah, yeah. Who died in World War II. <laughs> yes, all you need to do is click on this link and enter your password, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll steal your money. Well, you know what? Winning five million dollars in the lot and fighting into the spam folder is one thing, but when you consider that that email address that sent that that email is a legit, is obviously a legitimate email. Yeah. But to get into a spam folder, you have to rep- be reported as spam by other users. So right? how many other people saw an email saying they won the lotto and moved it to spam? That is my question. But now I'm wondering because my uh, I sent some emails out recently and uh, two people said they they found me in their spam. So I'm like, 
who reported me as spam? <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> Somebody reported me as spam. Do you have any kind of frequent emails that go out from that email address? News just the usual. Bulk you know? stuff. Nothing. Just no. personal, person-to-person communication. No. And it so, went to spam. Somebody is probably just, ah, I'm telling you, it was a hater. <laughs> it was a hater. A hater's called a hate. <laughs> the haters did it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You're trying to collect money and they just said, put it in the spam folder. Yeah. No, that's incredible. Imagine actually seeing that and waking up one day and reading your spam folder and it says you won the lotto and you're like, maybe I'll, uh, you know, I need the money. Let me just find out. And then you're like, oh my word, I actually won. But now she's going to share the money and she's also going to go into early retirement. She's going to share the money. Yes, with, with family. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Because uh, I'll put my hand up, you know, <laughs> if you're giving, I'm taking. <laughs> yes, but you know what, uh, you know, check your, with that being said, check your spam, but also we're not encouraging you to enter into any scams. No. Uh, don't blame us now saying that you thought you won the lotto and then they took all your money because you clicked on some weird stuff. you got to be so careful with it, eh? Yeah. Even the real, like, they make it look so real. Yeah. The logos, they even the domain. It. Yeah. And then you're like, oh wait, there's a little different letter there somewhere. Something just something is out different here. in 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 the domain, and that's how they get you. But it looks real. It's the real logo, everything. The same is happening with Capitec Bank. Really? Yeah. I don't think their security is very great, to be very honest. Uh, I'm a, a new Capitec user, and uh, there's a lot of people who are scammed so easily with with their banking but it's on social media they've got the support group oh. and then this person contacts you but it looks like the bank and everything yeah. it looks like the real bank and everything and it hasn't been reported and then they tell you yeah no 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 it's fine we we saw that you have a problem on 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 the wall of the other page uh, let us help you just uh, give us your username and your your password and all that stuff and then you give it to them Fill it into a Google form, for God's <laughs> sakes, with the Capitec logo. And then also, like, you submit it, and then five minutes later, pew, your money's I gone. Drained. Your money's gone. That's insane. So the thing with those is, especially with Capitec, they, they, it's, like, it's like trying to secure a, a fortress, right? Yeah. You can build the highest, thickest mm-hmm. walls all around, mm-hmm. but... If you're, if one of your guards happens to walk to the entrance and someone knocks on the other side and says, "Hey, it's the king, let me in," and he opens the door, you know what's going to happen? Yeah, you're, gonna, you're in trouble. So the problem is they don't target the bank security because they know the bank security is good. They target the users yeah. who are misinformed or easily, you know, uh, manipulated or led to believe one thing when another thing is in place, or just inexperienced in tech and social media who go out and do these things. And it, for Capitec, can you imagine trying to stop it from happening? Yeah, but it must be difficult. If you've ever made an online purchase with Capitec with your card, sometimes you actually have to go into the app and approve it. Mm, That's mm. the one thing feature that they've added. They've also got sometimes when you're trying to log into internet banking, you actually have to prove the login on the app as well. And you can switch off the internet banking as well on the app so yeah. that you only use the app. I yeah. think that's quite cool. And you and the nice thing is what I realized is a very good thing from the Capitec side is you can actually create what's called the virtual card within your I've Capitec I've got one. App. I've got one. And you know what I did? I, I wanted I was like in December mode you know so yeah. I wanted to sign up for some online gaming stuff mm-hmm. you know Xbox Origin get the premium you know spend a couple hundred rands I think it was like a total of like 600 700 rand mm-hmm. but they were recurring subscriptions so what I did is I created a virtual card took out the one month subscription and then mm. instead of going to each one and cancelling it you all just, I did is close the virtual card is that quite easy it, it was can you just 10 seconds uh, apparently you can instantly swap it, it and get a new one 10 is that seconds true? and create a new one right after it 
And it's not wow. to do anything malicious, but it's a great way to say, okay, anything that's coming off of this card, just stop it. Mm. I'll reactivate what subscriptions I want to reactivate on my new virtual card. And if my financial situation changes, I'll add more to the virtual card. And if it's a negative change, I will stop the virtual card. That Just like that, you delete the virtual card and then you save. Seconds. So don't use your main account for for Not those, your main card, uh, no. No. Okay, now I've got the virtual card, but I was wondering how quickly can you swap it out? Quick. You say it's instant, instant. without going into the bank. It'll be under a minute wow. on your app. Your. And I did it yesterday, actually. Because I didn't want those subscriptions going off. You know, 800 so rand I a love, month's a lot. I love that. I, I, that's a great feature. That's a flipping amazing feature. You're just like that. You don't even have to go into the bank or anything. And it works. It was so funny, actually, because I went to the bank to get a new card because my card was turning into, like... A flippin' hobo It was so broken And bent <laughs> And yeah. I was like I went to the bank To reverse a ba- uh, debit order The one time And I said Okay well just give me A new card So I got the new card And I tried to use The online banking But the limits They set up for me Didn't allow me To make a purchase online mm. And instead of having To go and change the limits And risk people You know potentially Because you want to keep Your card actually Low as limits as possible Yeah So that if anything happens You don't take a massive That's loss it. That's So it. instead of going And upping my limits I created a virtual card um, and I used that and it worked and even it there works. you can set limits yeah you can set but you know what happened limits. to me what because we keep the limits low like you said to to save it but one day I was overspending a bit and I went above the 500 rand limit which I said and then the problem was I couldn't pay it because it kept declining and I forgot about the limit oh so you thought what? and then yeah. I was inside a, a shopping center where there was no cell reception so I couldn't log into oh, no. the bank to change the limit quickly oh, so no. that was me stranded there I know. so I had to leave it go outside far outside because in the malls with all the steel and mm. the structures the cell phone signals don't easily get in there and I you actually, don't have windows a friend stuff. of mine told me the other day that Fitbit you can set up yes. a, it has an RFID card so you can actually set up payments to go off of the Fitbit oh wow so you just tap Very your Fitbit on the thing eh? and it works it doesn't work if your limits are reached though mm. which is actually and you, and you wouldn't a virtual card wouldn't help you in that scenario but what no. I like about a virtual card is if I'm using it for online purchases and stuff like that that I want to be able to be cancelled at any given time I don't actually carry around a physical card. So it's not possible exactly. for someone to steal my wallet. Exactly. They will steal the wallet with a card with low limits on. Mm-hmm. And that's much more advantage. And then it. they still need the pin. Yeah, exactly. So do you want to hear about uh, VW partnering with Bosch to create some uh, driverless cars soon? Just before you do yes. that, I, wanna, I wanted to ask you one more thing. How do you feel about tap and go? Tap and go? Mm-hmm. The card tap? Yep. Love it. But don't you think it's a bit unsafe? It is, but card limits. <laughs> okay, so the limits, uh, you need to have your limits set. I have and a 500 rand limit on my tap. Yeah, so I'll lose 500 here. rand if someone were to steal it and go bounce around. But at the end of the day, it is so seamless. And the one thing I really didn't like, especially during COVID times with mm. pin entering. Exactly, you I'm have to touch those buttons. A lot of people touched. Exactly. There's no doubt in my mind. That, that's exactly what I was going to say now. Yeah. It's just a quick swipe. And out you go. That's the biggest benefit. No touching buttons and, or anything. And I agree. if COVID wasn't here, I wouldn't really care because I would prefer to keep the security of entering yeah. a pin. But when I'd create a health security, yeah, exactly. I'd rather just tap mm. and keep right my limits there with low. You. Yeah. you know, and you don't actually end up tapping that much. You might go to the grocery store mm. you know, every day or two. Yeah. And even if it doesn't tap anymore, you can insert it into exactly. your pin as a last resort. So I like it for that. Um, what I am nervous about is Bosch and VW building driverless cars. Um, 
So Volkswagen and parts supplier Bosch have embarked on an extensive partnership to bring automated driving to the mass market by next year. The German companies announced it this week. Bosch and VW software subsidiary Carid are aiming to make functions available that will allow drivers to temporarily take their hands off the steering wheel in vehicles sold under the Volkswagen Group brand, according to a statement. These will range from so-called hands-free systems for urban and motorway driving to a system that takes over all driving functionalities on the motorway. The first of these functions are to be installed in 2023. It will also be possible to integrate the component parts delivered by the Alliance into vehicles made by other car makers as well. So you have a VW engine in a, in a different car. Sure. You have some driverless, driverless functionality. So the main focus of the project will be data-driven software development on the basis of information from a 360-degree surround sensing. And I'm excited and I'm nervous. And it's like a Tesla part two. You know, Tesla was nerve-wracking when they released their driverless technology because Tesla was new to their industry and new to driverless technology, but they've come a long way. VW's now new to the industry and they'll have their own growing pains along the way. I just, I, it makes me nervous thinking about all the potential accidents, but I'm also excited <laughs> for the technological advancements. Yeah, I still want the override button, like I said last time. And because it's just too risky. Yeah, I would, I just keep your hands on the wheel. If somebody hacks it, you know. There's no re- like, what you do you want to do without your hands on the wheel? I, I, I just, it's for the future generation because I can't take my hands off the wheel. I would just feel too nervous, even yeah, trusting exactly. it on the hands of a car. Um, so Microsoft's new uh, multifunction goggle system for the U.S. Army is showing promise, but the $22 billion program isn't ready yet for combat deployment, according to the Pentagon's test office. Um, so the contract was awarded to Microsoft in 2018, but they say the system has not yet demonstrated the capability to serve as a fighting goggle, according to non-public assessment by the Pentagon's Director of Operational Testing that was sent to the Army for review. The report on the Integrated Visual Augmentation System, or IVAS, uh, will be made public in the office's upcoming annual report. Uh, the program by Redmond, Washington-based company, aims to develop a, a heads-up display for U.S. ground forces similar to those for, fighting, for fighter pilots. The system, a customized version of Microsoft's HoloLens goggles, would let commanders project information onto a visor in front of soldiers' face uh, and would include other features such as night vision. And it's crazy to think that to create something like this is a $22 billion um, contract. Mm. You know, that's a lot of money and all for for u.s ground forces military equipment and uh, this these goggles you i can imagine a sent a futuristic type environment with goggles like these being able to receive information and commands from a commander directly on your visual hud yeah. being able to switch between night vision and and daytime vision probably even other features you know such as infrared or heat sensing technology um, even on-screen heads-up display for, for, for navigational purposes as well. There's so much application behind it, but that being said, they've been at it since 2018, and it still isn't a reality. It's not easy to do. Microsoft is spearheading the initiative, but uh, unfortunately it has not passed you know, minimum viable capabilities yet, but it has demonstrated growth capabilities. So I'm interested to see that little toy come to market. You won't see me walking around with one, but... If I ever join the army, I'm going to say I will only join the army if I may use your visor goggles. You know? <laughs> That's going to be my, my one thing that I will say. But uh, on to other news and something a little bit interesting. So a SpaceX Falcon rocket um, stage, so this, a stage of a, face, uh, of, a, of a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket will be slamming into the moon on the 4th of March. Oh, is that now finally it? Yeah, the moon's great pace 
Minecraft um, graveyard will soon welcome another body. SpaceX will reach the surface of the moon a bit ahead of schedule, it turns out. Elon Musk's company is providing the landing systems for the first crewed touchdown of NASA's Artemis Lunar Exploration Program, a milestone that the agency hopes to achieve in 2025. But a piece of SpaceX hardware will hit the gray dirt far sooner than that in just a few weeks. Satellite trackers have determined that the upper stage of a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket that launched in February of 2015, it's been spinning around for seven years, will slam into the moon on March 4th uh, on Monday um, on Monday March 4th the observers were led by Bill Gray who runs Project Pluto a company that supplies software to professional and amateur astronomers and that's going to be slamming into the moon at uh, quite a speed can't wait can't wait <laughs> I wonder if I'll see it from my phone camera have you seen have you seen the movie on Netflix called Don't Look Up yes it's dark I don't but know. you know what pe- people watch uh, people watch it you know the one with Ariana Grande and all that yes. kind of stuff and Tyler Perry and uh, a lot of what Leonardo DiCaprio of course yes but you know people watch it very seriously apparently it's all satire yeah it is you shouldn't watch it too seriously because no. like, oh no this movie oh Meryl Streep as well oh no this movie's terrible but you know it's watch like it again humor, watch know? it again but from a satire point of view yeah. It's actually quite brilliant. I, I definitely, I watched a few episodes, definitely. Um, you've heard about NFTs, right? Yeah. We've spoken about NFTs. Yeah. Also, last year we spoke about what will happen when mainstream companies start utilizing NFTs and people like Ubisoft were announced to be usi- utilizing it and, and other big um, big players released some sort of NFT in the past. You know, you got the worldwide open web software that was released as an every NFT. You have Tory Lanes, they released an album as an NFT and made a million dollars. All these NFTs coming out and now we're seeing some big players coming into the space. So, here's why Twitter and Facebook are interested in NFT. So um, this week, thousands of Twitter users' profile pictures turned from a circular uh, to a hexagonal as the social media app began supporting NFTs. Uh, meanwhile, Facebook also uh, and sister company Instagram are working on a feature that will let users display NFTs as part of their profiles. NFTs, for those who managed to avoid learning about them until now, are unique digital tokens inscribed on a permanent digital ledger called a blockchain that serve as proof of ownership of some digital goods. It's like owning a picture of the Mona Lisa and the mm. NFT is your proof of ownership, yeah. your, your certificate of authenticity. That's it. Yeah. Um, now, those NFT-backed avatars will show up on Twitter in hexagonal form to differentiate them from ordinary profile pictures and clicking on them will pull up a page that displays their bona fides, including their blockchain address and creator's identity. What that means is you might go out and buy a $100,000 NFT. They are real. They exist. Um, and you can go put that NFT as a profile photo on Twitter and it's an authentic NFT. So you have a little bit of bragging rights. You know, People want this, um, but it's only for blue tickers. It's only for Twitter blue tickers. Oh, tickets. so you need to be verified. You need to have a blue tick. Uh, and it's difficult to get a blue tick. Can you tell us one day how to get verified? How to get a blue tick? I can. I can. We can cover it on a tech show, definitely. Yeah, I want to know process. how to do that. Yeah, I think uh, you need to be very present on the web and uh, all over Google and all that stuff. Absolutely, it, right? Mm. Absolutely. And then in the same week, Reddit comes out and they say Reddit is testing the ability to use NFTs as profile pictures as well. Uh, 
So Reddit is basically gonna be integrating a similar functionality as Twitter into your profile photos and probably even a catalog of the NFTs you could potentially own, just giving you those bragging rights, mm-hmm. which is a big thing because you're spending a lot of money on these NFTs and you want to be able to brag about them. Yeah. But probably the most predominant person to enter the space this week in regards to NFTs is Lamborghini. Whoa. Lamborghini is rele- releasing an NFT and it's today. Ah. It's today. And they're releasing a few of them and they're auctioning them off. So Lamborghini is accelerating into the world of blockchain with its release of its first NFT. Uh, the Italian automaker, which is the, in the midst of an ambitious shift to hybrid and electric sports cars, announced that it would auction off a series of NFTs that are produced in collaboration with Swiss artist Fabian Oifner, <laughs> as well as NFT Pro and Sotheby's. Uh, images depict a Lamborghini breaking down into its core components as it rockets through the inky blackness of space. It's less amateurish in its design than many of the more popular NFTs like the Bored Ape series which raises questions to how it will be received by the crypto community. Lamborghini is fully embracing the astronautical theme and the auction for the first first of the five NFTs will take place on nft.lamborghini.com starting at 4pm CET while each of the other auctions will start and end 15 minutes um, later than each preceding one. Every auction will last for 75 hours and 50 minutes, the exact time it took Apollo 11 to leave Earth and enter the moon's orbit. How flippin' cool. Do you want to see a picture of what this NFT looks like? Yes. Take a look at this. So it looks like a it looks like a Lamborghini kind of breaking up into tiny microparticles yes. of a Lamborghini kind of shooting out of Earth's atmosphere. You can see the Earth in the corner there as it travels into the darkness wow. of space. And it kind of looks like, you know, the bottom of the Lamborghini is almost shattering. Yes, it looks like it's shattering. Yeah. Pieces. Mm, um, mm. And you best believe those NFTs are going to go f- for a lot of money. Sure. You must put uh, that photo below the uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> absolutely. We'll put links to it. And that uh, that kind of summarizes the, the NFT updates, which I think is it's amazing to see big spaces like this coming into it. It definitely is going to harbor some growth aspects for, for in the NFT industry in general. And as a last closing item um, for the day, um, outside of Hawaii releasing their folding phone, so Huawei is coming out of the folding phone, not too uh-huh. much other than that. Um, it's not like Samsung. Samsung has like a screen on both sides of the folding yeah. phone. This one is kind of like a clamshell design with oh, a okay. little At display At least it's not screen. a flip phone. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a folding phone. But it's not like an no, old flip phone. Motorola Remember those, pad. yeah. No, nothing like that, thank goodness. But uh, they've, they recently ran some, um, scientists ran some, some artificial intelligence programs uh, across the surface of Antarctica to try and find potential um, undiscovered space rocks or meteorites. And they've seen that it potentially harbors 300,000 undiscovered space rocks or meteorites. So the program uh, suggests that there may be hundreds or thousands of meteorites left for scientists to discover on the icy fields of Antarctica and reveals what may be the most likely places to unearth them. This is quite exciting because it's really a peer into the history books of the evolution of the entire universe 
you know, and the formations of our solar system. Uh, nearly two-thirds of all meteorites recovered on Earth originate in Antarctica. The cold, dry nature of the frozen continent helps preserve these extraterrestrial rocks, and the dark cl- colors of these stones makes them stand out against the ice and snow. Meteorites were originally part of planetary bodies, and so these space rocks from the bottom of the world have yielded many valuable clues about the nature and origins and evolution of the rest of the solar system. Now, that's fantastic, except for the fact that there's an Antarctic Treaty, and you may not travel Mm -hmm. to Antarctica, um, which is so unfortunate, because I'd be there with my my gloves, spade, and snorkel (laughs) gear, you know, to go find some space rocks. But uh, it's very cool that they're using tech to help discover these things not some special magnifying glass artificial intelligence that constantly is learning and could provide humans with with clues it's like finding a treasure map but we're using technology that we created to build the treasure map to locations we don't know exist i think it's so cool it's so cool to hear stuff like this and see it coming out in the tech world that's something i think is 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 to be excited about because what could you find what could you find? Yeah. That's the question. That's and that's what they're going to be looking very at. Very good so question. We might cover some, some more meteorite discoveries in this year. We'll see what happens. Awesome. Kane, lastly, are you uh, making new videos on YouTube? I am. So I am. Where can we find you? We're picking up a couple hundred subscribers a week at the at, at this current that's time. That's good. It's looking, it's looking fantastic. You can just go into YouTube and type Brokane. B-R-O-K-I-N-E. And you'll find my YouTube channel where we have quite an elaborate content plan that will be deployed throughout 2022 starting on February 1st. Good. I can hear you all planned. Yeah, we're ready. ready for that. We're right? ready. Yeah, you need to plan it. It's, it's very good. Well, that's it. So that's a wrap for another Tech Plus for uh, this week. Uh, luckily, it's not too hot like last week. Remember yeah. last week? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Sunday last week Oof. melted me Yo. through the floor. Yo, I came Samuel. home a puddle. Yo. A warm puddle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Kane, as always, uh, thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, also your weekend. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on the Tech Show today. I'll see you next week where uh, hopefully 2022 warms up even more in the tech industry. Can't wait. Oh, that will be our first one for February, of course. It will. This is the final one for January. The pilot for February. Yeah. Remember the date. Next week. Yeah. See you guys there. (laughs) Cheers, Kane. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.